Hey, alright, I'm here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Winner's Circle. Uh, of course, I'm Anthony Wynn, your host. i um been a little bit of a hiatus, had, had some family things going on last week. I wasn't able to record, so uh, sorry for the delay on that. Appreciate the patience. A lot has happened since uh, I last spoke to everybody, but... Um, Hey, you know, stuff happens sometimes and you got to deal with it. So wasn't able to record last week, but um, I'm here this week. Um, so just a few, it's been a couple weeks. So, you know, Yankees obviously have been eliminated since I last spoke. And um, I don't know, we're pretty far off of that from now. If, if, if you don't know what happened with them, I mean, by now, then... Uh, you know, and personally, as a Yankee fan, I'm I'm kind of trying to avoid that whole conversation because there's a lot of things that went on, and we already know things aren't really going to change with them. So, you know, it's not much to really talk about if we're being honest. So I'm going to kind of skip through them. Uh, Jets and Giants both lost last week. Um, Jets, Zach Wilson. Not looking so good against uh, New England. After they come off a horrible loss against Chicago, you would think, you know, Zach Wilson would show up a little bit, and he made the same boneheaded mistakes that he's been making. Well, I shouldn't say that he's been making, because when they won four straight, he didn't make those mistakes. He didn't play great, but he didn't turn the ball over like he did against New England. We'll get into all that. Giants lose to Seattle. Um, I mean, it was, it, it was going like every other game has gone this season until we started fumbling the ball on special teams, Richie James specifically. So, you know, again, I'll get into all that stuff. Um, you got the whole Kyrie drama going on in Brooklyn and I'm going to start with that and look. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not take too much time here because this is also really not something I'm trying to talk about. It's just one of the bigger things that's happening right now. And you know, look, my overall opinion on it. If and by the way, if you don't know the details, Kyrie, I don't know, was it last Friday? I don't I don't remember when the tweet was posted, um, but he retweeted a documentary that essentially. Um, it just pretty much says that the Holocaust didn't happen. Like it's promoting like, like these these conspiracy theories saying that this you know quotes of Hitler in it, all that type of stuff. It it it's very anti-Semitic movie, and um, for whatever reason, Kyrie decided to uh, re- retweet the post because look, whether he thinks. Um, that that shit in the in the documentary is correct or he believes in that type of stuff and you know do we we none of us know that none of us know that so you know we can't just get into his head now he 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 doesn't help himself when he comes out and talks he eventually deleted the post it took a while but on Saturday, he got he got questioned about it because, of course, he's going to get questioned about it, especially when the owner of the team uh, sends out a statement, um, pretty much like not like he's not agreeing with what you said. I don't remember exactly what the statement was, but Joe Sy sent out a tweet, you know, kind of saying we don't stand for what this movie is, blah blah blah. Kyrie did the wrong thing here, whatever it was. That's not verbatim, don't quote me on that, but he sent out a tweet. Um, So, obviously, Kyrie's going to get questioned on it, and he just acted like a straight jackass in the interview. And for those who actually think, like, because what, what he said when he was getting questioned, he was calling, you know, he was telling the reporter, like, oh, you know, you're just going to use this as clickbait, this is your famous moment, you know, your 15 minutes, whatever, yada, 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 yada. And it's just like, no. He, I mean, people kind of does, you know, this is my, this is another overall point I want to make. And I was, this kind of just jumps into it. Like I get 
that these athletes are human beings. I understand that. Everybody makes mistakes all the time. It's, I understand that. But at the same time, like, you got to understand the position that, like, you, I feel like if I was an athlete, I would always think back to when I was a kid, following all the players and going crazy for all these players and everything like that. I, I feel like I would think about that and act accordingly. You know people are looking up to you. You know people, you know, follow you. you the dude has 17 million followers on Twitter. Like, and he was sitting there saying that he's not promoting it. It's just, well, what are you doing then, Kyrie, if you're, if you're putting it on your Twitter? Is that, I post this podcast all over Twitter and all over Snapchat and shit like that. That's promoting my podcast. Whether I have fucking 15 followers or 17 million. Okay. You're promoting it. So don't sit there and say you're not promoting it. And then not really answer the question. Like you got asked straight up. Are you, do you believe in anti-Semitism? The, the, it's pretty easy answer there, Kyrie. The answer is no, straight up. But you have to go on this whole diatribe on how you're trying to, like, pin him. pin Like, you get all defensive. Well, you know, he came out with an apology last night, finally. And it took about five, six days. Look, man, I just don't understand. I don't understand how you could defend this dude anymore. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And look, like I said, I really don't want to take a lot of time on it. I, I feel like you've overall gotten my opinion on the whole situation. I'm glad that they finally suspended him. They suspended him for at least five games. That's not the minimum. That's the minimum. Like they, they still didn't finish on a number. But um he deserved it. You guys, yeah, here's the other point I wanted to make up. I just remembered it. I just remembered it. I understand the dynamic between players. I understand it's a brotherhood. I understand all that type of stuff. I, I understand when so, a player does something like, shoot, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put it on the level of pro basketball, but I played a lot of organized sports in my life and, you know, like, shit happened with players that never got to the coaches ever. Like, most of the time I was playing with boys anyway. So, like, you, you got to understand something. Like, we're, we're not just going to sit here and shit on our teammates unless you're a shitty teammate. But at the same time, with something like, what what was what would happen if an owner did this? And people are gonna kill me for it. But where would the, what would the player what would the players be saying right now? The first thing the players would do would be like, oh, he needs to sell the team, or he needs to be suspended. Yada yada yada. Happened with Donald Sarver this year. Happened this year. They suspended him for a year because he was, you know, doing, you know, all these owners have shit is happening. Washington's about to sell their team. Like all these owners have shit, and they do stupid things, and they harass their employees, and they're it's just it's. It's all over the sports world, unfortunately. It's all over the place. But, like, the first thing the players would do would be, you know, end the the injustice, you know, whatever you want to call it, end the prejudice, and whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever the, it's wrong, and, and they have every right to do that. I'm not saying they're wrong for doing that. They're actually very right to do that. But when, you know, Kyrie comes out and posts what he posts, you know, where where are the players? Where's any player? I mean, you can't you can't you can't you can't just do that. You can't just like pick and choose. Like you're showing it, you're showing that it's selective outrage, and it's only when it's affecting you. That's what you're showing us. So I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna go the whole show on this. I. I, I swear. I'm, I. I think I'm actually just gonna end it there because I just wanted to make that one point about the players not saying anything. It just blows my mind. It blows my mind. You got ex players calling this dude an idiot. I mean, come on, man. And Adam Silver took too long. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna go. Like everybody should know all this stuff by now. I just wanted to get my overall opinion on it. You know, whatever they decide to do from here, great. 
but I just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. I have no really specific rundown, by the way, today. I'm just kind of just going to go with um, (laughs) what's been recently happening. One thing I didn't bring up while we're sticking to the basketball. You know, the last time I spoke to y'all, the Knicks weren't looking so bad. Now, they didn't play amazing competition. They, you know, they had to go to overtime with Charlotte and barely get out of there. Um, you know, they got blown out. They got blown out by Milwaukee, but I'm not going to really be too upset about the Knicks getting blown out by Milwaukee. I mean, that what do you expect there? But uh, you know, you get a taste of Donovan Mitchell against Cleveland the other day, and he's killing it. And I'll get into that a little bit. You play a Magic team, that's horrible. And you play a Pistons team, that, that, that's horrible. That's the, Those are the teams you beat. And then you lost to the Grizzlies open at night. That might have been your most competitive game. The Grizzlies game. Like, where you looked the best. The first fucking game. <laughs> last night against the Hawks. Was it last night? No, it might have been Wednesday night. It was Wednesday night, yes. You have a 23-point lead in the first half. Now, I get it. The NBA nowadays, a 23-point lead does not guarantee you a dub anymore. Like, because everybody is is living, living at the three-point line. And if you get hot, like Atlanta did, scoring 12 for the first 12 points in the second half, the Knicks came out in that third quarter and looked absolutely horrendous. You scored 10 points in the third quarter. And I'm sorry, nine turnovers is ridiculous in one quarter. Nine turnovers is ridiculous, really, in a game, if you're thinking about it. But most teams do that now because everybody... Most teams try to play fast and run in the half court. But, you know, it's just... I don't understand... I don't understand, like, why against the bad, bad teams... Like, you actually do the things I feel like you're getting asked to do. Meaning what Tibbs is asking them to do. I feel like they do all those things, like, to a T. But then all of a sudden, when they go against better competition, i.e. the Cavs, Atlanta. Atlanta's a team that you're that you're behind right now. And by the way, Trey Young loves going off at Madison Square Garden. He just does. And he loves pissing off New York. He loves it. So... When you have a 23-point lead on him, you need to keep the intensity level at that, at wherever you're at during that point in time, you need to keep it there. I mean, Julius Randle needs to go. I'm sorry, he just does. He slows down the offense consistently. Why, when Jalen Brunson is on the court, why is he not bringing up the ball every fucking time? And by the way, I know they played like shit, meaning the starters. And I don't even think all the starters needed to be in in the fourth quarter. Don't get me wrong. They were doing nothing. But, and this is a criticism on Tibbs. But how is R.J. Barrett not in the game in the fourth quarter? I don't care. Put him in with the bench. That's the one guy. That's the one guy that needs to be in the game. In the fourth. The one guy. I don't care about anybody else. Fournier could... Fournier should not play. That's how much I can't stand Fournier. Fournier shouldn't play. Randall... Randall, when he wants to play within the system, is a very productive player, and I wouldn't hate to have him. But he gets upset because now he's third on the list in terms of options because Jalen Brunson is definitely number one. I don't care... What anybody says. Because RJ still hasn't shown you he can be number one. But Randall. Randall is upset about that. And he tries doing too much. He's still doing the spin cycle crap. He's still. You know. He just. He just. He's just. (laughs) He takes reckless shots. He turns the ball over when he starts doing that. And it. And he, why is he bringing up the ball? You have Jalen Brunson. 
Now, Jalen Brunson didn't play well, people. I I understand all this. But, like, if Jalen Brunson is on the floor, he brings the ball up every fucking time. Why the ball is in Julius Randle's hands, or even RJ's hands for that matter, bringing the ball up the court, why? Why? That should never, ever, ever, ever... The only time that shouldn't hap- that should happen... It really shouldn't happen ever anyway because you got Derrick Rose and Emmanuel quickly on the bench and they should be bringing the ball up and running an offense. Every time I see Julius Randle bring the ball up, he either spots up for a three or he'll back his defender down to, you know, maybe to the free throw line, to the elbow and shoot a fadeaway jumper. Now he hits him sometimes. But, like, come on, man. Can we run a play? Can we do something? How you get shut down by his his own defense in the NBA is fucking beyond me. But that's what happens when you don't have consistent three-point shooting, though. Unfortunately. Because all zone does is completely take away the paint. You have zero shooting. And, (laughs) believe it or not, I shit on the guy. All the time, and I really don't even think he should be playing because his defense is worse than his offense is great. And his offense isn't great. So don't get it twisted here. But your best shooter is Evan Fournier. (laughs) Your best three-point shooter is Evan Fournier. And that's sad. I mean, it it just is. RJ loves the three-point line, but he's not consistent at all. He had one game where he was like three for four. It took him... I think, he had, I think he was like one for the first 24 from three. Now, don't quote me on that. I just know it was only one. I know that for sure before that game where he went three for four. He needs to get more consistent, man. He's been He's a questioner. He has to answer these questions, really, because he's the reason we don't get Donovan Mitchell. I, I just hope everybody understands that. Here's the question you need to ask. Here's the question you need to ask. Will R.J. Barrett ever be at Donovan Mitchell's level? And the answer to that question, in my opinion, is absolutely not. R.J. Barrett should be a... R.J. Barrett's going to be a fringe all-star every year. R.J. Barrett is going to be like... He's like the... He's like the, uh, you know all-star replacement just in case someone gets hurt like he'll be ne- he'll be named a replacement and then if someone gets hurt he'll be like all right yeah now I'm an all-star <laughs> that's where he that's like I think that's his ceiling that's where he's gonna be not a guy who's gonna win you a championship now I'm not saying Donovan Mitchell is a guy who's gonna win you a championship either but have you seen him in Cleveland so far I mean the, he's lighting it up he's lighting it up and by the way, Cleveland's like six and one or seven and one. So you tell me, would you have traded R.J. Barrett and picks now? I don't know. I was firm of a firm believer we shouldn't have done R.J. and the picks. If it was a straight up trade for R.J. and Donovan Mitchell, oh yeah, oh yeah, jumping on that. But no one's gonna do that, especially Danny Ainge. <laughs> but. You know, it's a little, it's frustrating to see a little bit because all you heard all summer was we're getting Donovan Mitchell. That's all you heard. Knicks were the overwhelming favorite all year. And it didn't happen. Then he goes to Cleveland and he's tearing it up. And he showed you the other night. (laughs) The, The most frustrating part about it the most frustrating part about it is that he wanted to be a New Yorker. Well, he's from New York. He's from the area. Grew up a Knicks fan. So, like, that was the difference. Like, he wanted to come here. He wanted to be here. Why did everybody love Mello when he first got here? Because he wanted to be here. And Mello played great for the Knicks. Like, like, like everybody, like, shits on Mello still. Like, Mello was great for the Knicks. They didn't do anything to help him. <laughs> they just didn't. But um, getting Donovan Mitchell, I think, makes you better. And, you know, you I, again, I listen to all these shows. 
I listen to all strictly New York, but like I listen to like all. <laughs> and you got people calling up like, you know, talking about the draft and how we need to develop players. Look at the Spurs, and and Golden State and stuff like that. And like the, yeah, but you don't always find the Tim Duncan. You don't always find the Steph Curry. You just don't. I mean, the Knicks have been top ten picks for for how many years? We like what? What have we gotten? You're not gonna always find the guy. And when you're drafting the likes of Frank Nilakina and um, Christoph Porzingis and Kevin Knox, Kevin Knox was a lottery pick. Let's not forget that. So, that's what happens when you don't draft well and no one wants to come to your team. You suck. And you just plug and fill, plug and fill, plug and fill. Here and there, and you had an aberration year with no one in the building because it was COVID and no one was in the building. Every, no one took you seriously. And you saw that change when you got in the first round of the playoffs against Atlanta. Everybody was in the building. And Atlanta took you seriously. And you won one game. So, and then the next year you missed the playoffs. And now this year, the inconsistencies are showing themselves again. You know, Dave Rothenberg, who's on that morning show that I listened to in the, uh, at, from 5 to 8. It's on ESPN New York. He predicted that by March 1, March 1st, next year, obviously, Tom Thibodeau um, will be fired, won't be the head coach anymore. And it sucks to make that guy the scapegoat because really, in theory, it should work. Granted, he don't play young guys, but and his rotations are questionable at times, but he did bring this team to the playoffs. And one coach of the year. Like, this team went to the playoffs. This team. I mean, you had uh, Reggie Bullock and a couple other pieces that aren't there anymore, obviously. But, look, man, it's... I don't... And... Oh, sorry. Hit the mic there. We're moving. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know if that's the right decision, but I don't know. As a Knicks fan, I mean, don't don't you just expect something like that to happen, regardless? I mean, just look, man. As far as the Knicks, this is my overall like opinion on them. They'll probably make the playing tournament. They'll probably do some, you know. They probably won't even win the playing game, though. Let's be real. I doubt they make it to a playoff series. Um, and I I will admit, two weeks ago. I felt differently, but just the way I always see this team play, like it's never consistent. It's just never consistent. It hasn't been for three years, and it won't be for this year. It's just, and and you you hope Jalen Brunson can change that because you're getting competent point guard play, but he hasn't played horrible in every loss. Like, don't get me wrong. He was not great against Atlanta the other night, but I mean, he hasn't been horrendous. He's probably been the best player. Probably. So, I'm not going to throw it all on him. Which also means I'm not going to throw it all on him to make them, like, great. <laughs> you know? Because even when he plays well, it's not that great sometimes. So, I don't know. They got, You know, they don't. they just don't have the guy. They don't have that guy. They don't have the guy when you're down by three in overtime to give the ball to and live with the result with what he does. You don't have that guy. You know what would be interesting is if a, you know eventually Brooklyn blows this whole thing up and KD becomes available. I don't know. As a Knicks fan, would you try to go get KD? Because I don't put nothing on KD. I do think he should be saying shit. Or at least trying to help Kyrie. But at the same time, I know KD is only there to play basketball, man. That's all he wants to do is play basketball. 
So, like, I don't know. Would you hate a trade with Brooklyn to get KD for the Knicks? You have him under contract for the next four years. I mean, would you do that? I think I fucking would. What are we using these picks for when you can't draft at all? You suck at drafting. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. I don't know. I It depends on what Brooklyn decides to do. But they're hiring Ime Udoka from Boston, which is crazy. I mean, that's a crazy story in itself. Suspended for a year for, for I don't know. For all the reports, it says it's consensual. I guess I really don't have a problem with him getting the job. A lot of guys, I've heard a lot of people talking like, how are the Nets going to be this dysfunctional when they have all this shit going on with Kyrie and um, now they're going to hire a dude that was suspended by the Boston Celtics for the entire season because he was asked to do something multiple times and he didn't do it. And that that something was having a relationship with uh, someone in the front office. I don't know. It was an, it was an in-work relationship. And apparently Boston, like the Celtics organization, doesn't permit that. I don't know. That's what it seemed like to me. Because it seemed like it was a consensual relationship. It didn't seem like the female didn't want the relationship. It's not like they were doing anything crazy, I don't think. I don't know the whole story. So don't, you know, I don't know. But he got suspended for a year by the organization, and Steve Nash got fired this week from Brooklyn. And I think Steve Nash wanted to get the fuck out of there, especially with all the Kyrie stuff going on. And they don't listen to him anyway. Like, Kyrie and KD, I mean, said that before Nash was even hired. They don't need a head coach. They can coach themselves. Well, now you're getting a head coach if you get Udoka. Just saying. So, you know. I mean... He did take Boston to the NBA Finals last year. Let's let's not forget that. And he's a damn good coach. So we'll see what happens. If they salvage the season, that's the only thing that's going to take them out of this like fucking dark abyss that they're going down right now. They got to win, and that's the only way that'll happen. They're not make, they're losing money on season tickets. They only have 5 5,000 season ticket holders, people. That's that's not good. It's not good. So they're losing money, and the only way they're going to make it back is if they go to the finals. And if you think bringing Ime Odilka can do that, I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think it's actually kind of smart. Because that dude literally just got done bringing the Celtics to the finals and almost beat Golden State. So, you know. We'll see what happens with the Nets. But, I don't know, that KD... That KD uh, to the Knicks is still interesting for me. We'll see what happens. Because you ain't getting no one else. Giannis ain't going nowhere. Zion just, you know, signed the extension this year with New Orleans. He ain't going nowhere. You're not getting no one else. So, we'll see what happens. But, all right. Again, I'm not talking Yankees. They fucking got swept against the Astros, and now the Astros are up 3-2 against Philly. So I haven't been paying much attention to the baseball. i got to be honest. Uh, I despise both these organizations that are in the, the World Series, so I've kind of distanced myself from it. Uh, you know, if I had to pick a team to you know that I wanted to win, I guess it would be Philly, just strictly because the Astros... I, 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 the Astros make me want to like throw up. So the fact that they got to celebrate an ALCS um, series win on our field makes me sick, honestly. I mean, the fact that we couldn't even salvage one fucking game blows my mind. But it's neither here or there. I'm not talking much baseball. I'm getting to football now. The Giants and Jets both lose last week. And look, the Jets... You're you're still five and three, and the Giants are still six and two. So everybody needs to slow down a little bit. Um, Zach Wilson looked horrible, and to be fair, uh, everybody was saying the week prior to that game against New England, after seeing what Justin Fields did to that New England defense, everybody was expecting Zach Wilson to to show us something here because, you know. The one thing you can give him this year is that fourth quarter against Pittsburgh. He was lights out in that fourth quarter against Pittsburgh. He he showed you something there. That's the only time he showed you something. Because all these other wins, 
for the Jets are solely based on the running game in Brees Hall. And they're going to have to figure that out too, by the way, because running the ball 13 times against New England, I mean, what, what, what kind of game plan is that? Or was it 15 times and you only ran it twice in the first 15 plays? It might have been. It, I know you only ran it twice in the first 15 plays. I, I mean, you got to come up with a better game plan than that, man. You know um, Bill Belichick wakes up for the Jets, right? Everybody knows that, right? Bill Belichick can't stand the Jets organization. Can't stand them. So... I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the 30 for 30, the two Bills. It's about Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick and their fucking, you know, you know, crazy defenses and for the Giants with Lawrence Taylor, you know, a bunch of people. Um, They don't even go into the Jets locker room when they do that interview. Like, they're at MetLife Stadium, yada, yada, yada. They do the interviews there. They're together. And they walk it, and they want they they try to get them to go to the Jets locker room. Neither of them would go to, into the Jets locker room. Neither of them. They don't like the Jets. Okay, and Bill wakes up for the Jets every time they play. So, yes, Justin Fields torched them the week prior. Yes, he did. But you you're going up against a mastermind that hates your guts. So, with that being said. I don't think it behooves you to throw the ball with Zach Wilson 41 times in the game. That just doesn't make sense to me. That game plan doesn't make sense. And what's messed up about it is that he did look good in the first half. He did. Well, really the first quarter. Like, the fir- the start of the game, he looked good. You know, that drive where that he led down the field where he threw the touchdown pass to Conklin, he looked really good on that drive. Really good. And it just imploded from there. It was so weird. Like, I get trying to make a play, man. And I get, like, that's what you're known for. That's what you're about. Like, that's what everybody was scouting you for because of your arm talent and, of of course, what you can do outside of the pocket. I understand extending the play, all that stuff. But, like, there comes a point where you do extend the play too long, buddy. Like, when you have the ball in your hand for seven eight seconds and you still have the ball in your hand and no one's getting open for you you need to get rid of that ball bud and i don't mean get rid of that ball and throw it to a defender because i don't know if you guys heard him um post game after that game he he comes out and says that the one the intercept he had three interceptions and the interception to mccord which by the way Two of them at least were, didn't, they just didn't have to happen. Two of them didn't have to happen. He's rolling right, and he, and he has the one to McCourty, and he tells everybody that he tried, he actually tried throwing that one away. How do you try throwing a ball away, and it gets interception? I don't understand that. You didn't try, you, you didn't try hard enough, apparently, because it, you're running to the right side of the field, and you had the ball for a million years. You're on the sideline, pretty much, when you make that throw. I mean... Not for nothing. I'd rather you run out of bounds than what you did. I'd rather lose all the yardage that you would have lost than throw the ball that you threw. You said you tried throwing that. You're on the sideline. You you how'd you try throwing it out? You were on the sideline. Oh man. He just did not look good. There, he, every time he extended the play, it didn't look good. So, like, all right, they're going to sit there and say, essentially say it's boring to have to throw it out of bounds. Well, because he came out and said, I'm sorry, I forgot I was on that point. He came out and said, like, you know, it's frustrating when you have to, you know, throw the ball away all the time. It gets old, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, that's the smart play in that situation, man, so fucking do it. And if I was the coach of that team, I was like, I'd be like, you know what else is, would you know, is frustrating, Zach? You being you being on the bench, I bet that'd be frustrating. Because if you're gonna do that every game, you're not gonna be playing very long in this league. Okay. And don't 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 give me oh he threw for three fifty five. Don't give me that. 
I don't want to hear none of that, man. He played like hot garbage. It was horrible. You can't play like that. You lost them the game. Like, you lost the Jets the game with your play. Like, come on, man. I don't know. I just don't get. I just don't get the players coming out after the game. Say like, like so. It's so. It's all about you. Then you want to be the star, and you want to. You want to. You know. That's just what it sounds like to me. You know what I mean? And, and dude, you're the second overall pick, and I get it. You want to prove to everybody why you were the second overall pick. But can you prove to everybody that you can throw the check down? You proved it on the first drive. Well, I don't know if it was the first drive, but. In that first quarter, you had that touchdown pass, uh, that touchdown drive to Conklin. And by the way, the pass to Conklin for the touchdown was no gimme. That was a great throw. Like you, you could do it. So I don't understand why you go away from that. And also, they need to run the ball more. Like throwing the ball forty-one times doesn't make sense. So you gotta, you gotta protect him in that aspect too. Like the play, it's not all on Zach. It's not all on Zach. He needs to understand what he does, though. Like, throw, throw the ball out of bounds, man. You got to be smart. That might not be a pick at BYU. That's an interception in the fucking NFL, man. Like, just let can, you gotta you gotta remember that shit, dude. You gotta remember that shit. So, I don't know. It's just so they got Buffalo coming up this week. Now, let's be real; they're not winning that game. But can you show me that you learned from your mistakes? Don't turn the ball over. That's all I'm looking for. Don't turn the ball over. And kind of run it a little bit, huh? I mean, you did go pick up James Robinson right after Brees Hall got injured. I'm sorry, I forgot to see. I, I, I'm more everything's so recent right now because I'm just I forgot Brees Hall. You know, tears. You know, he tore his ACL, so he's done. That sucks too because he looks so so good. But they they go out and James, get James Robinson from Jacksonville, which I thought sent a message to the locker room like, yo, we're here to do this. Like, we're here to fucking win. So let's go. The time is now. And the performance they put there, put out there against New England was just not, it was, it was ridiculous. And now you're, you know, you're definitely, I'm sorry, you're not beating the Bills. But can you look competent? I think that's possible. I think that's highly possible to look competent. So, you know, go do it. And don't turn the fucking ball over, please. Just please don't turn the ball over. It's very bothersome when that happens. I'm not even a Jet fan. If I was a Jet fan, I'd be going nuts. I really would. But, whatever. You're 5-3. and three. You're going to be 5-4 and four going into your bye. Because you have the bye week after that. So, regroup. Don't make mistakes again against Buffalo, especially against Buffalo. They're gonna, they're, you're, you're probably gonna get rolled over. Let's be honest, Jets fans. I don't expect a very close game. I'm looking at the spread right now. Buffalo is a ten and a half point favorite at New New York, which means Buffalo would be sixteen and a half point favorites if it was in Buffalo. That's crazy. Because <laughs> they give the Jets three for being at home. And then they would have given, you know, that's the six-point swing there if it was in Buffalo. That's crazy. But, you know, it's fucked up. I'm sorry, Jets fans. I might actually pick Buffalo in that game. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. They got to prove me wrong. But, yeah, man, Zach Wilson, you just got Don't turn the ball over. Stop turning it over, man. And you'll be okay. You have the team. Like, I... I forgot who said it, but they made a good point. I forgot who said it, but I definitely heard it on one of the stations. Their team is ready for playoff contention. The Jets. They are. They have the talent. They just are ready. Especially when their offensive line is actually healthy. They definitely have the talent when that's the case. But the quarterback is not ready. It doesn't seem like he is, at least. So, once he catches up to the team, the Jets are going to be a problem. But... Everything hinges on what Zach Wilson does from this point out. So we'll see what happens against Buffalo. And really, would it shock me that he decides to fucking be like, finally, like, let's go. Like, 
Let, like, we can beat this team. Let's do this. He came out and said that. So, we'll see what happens. It would shock me if the Jets won this game. I should say that. I should say it would shock me if the Jets won this game. But if he actually played well, that'd be nice to see. All right. There's really not much to break down in the Giants game. The Giants the Giants went to Seattle. You know, it's a tough place to play. Seattle's surprising a lot of people this year. Geno's playing out of his mind. You know, DK Metcalf's... I don't know how the fuck he got on the field. I'm pretty sure he had a calf injury, and he just... That dude's just a freak of nature. He, he didn't practice all week. It didn't look like he was going to play. And he gets out there and plays. Look, the Giants are built on defense and the running game. They don't have any receivers. So the fact that Daniel Jones is playing as well as he has been for the majority of this season is still something to be um, happy about. Uh, in terms of the game specifically, you know, you kind of lost the game on the two fumbles off the punt returns and Richie James specifically. I don't know with the way the Giants situation is right now with the wide receiver position. Do you really expect Richie, Richie James to still be on the roster after that? I mean, to me that he needs to, he's gone. I mean, I'm sorry, two fumbles on a, on punt returns like all i literally need you to do is catch the ball and not drop it like that's all that's all you need to do i'd rather you fair catch it every single fucking time but i don't know man i think i think i don't know if he goes anywhere i mean by the way he is the leading receiver with 191 yards receiving which is a fucking joke if that doesn't if that stat right there doesn't this is through seven weeks or eight weeks so through eight weeks, and the Giants' leading receiver has 191 yards. If that doesn't tell you what the receiver situation is like here, I don't know what would. So I don't know if they're just going to go ahead and get rid of him. I don't know. I don't think he'll be returning punts anymore. If he's returning punts next week against Houston, I will not be happy. I will, be, I will not be happy. But... Does he lose a roster spot? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Excuse me. Sorry, I had to get my water. You know, when I talk to, to you guys for this long, my throat gets dry every time, and it's super frustrating. So I got to figure out something, like, especially on the days where I do this, like, I got to figure out something that, like, will help my throat. So if anybody has any suggestions... On what to like drink or eat or whatever it is. Um, you know, hitting my vape during this probably doesn't help either. But hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, the Seattle's defense came to play. Um, they kind of bottled Saquon up. The only the only touchdown drive you have is when Odori Jackson gets a fumble recovery on the two-yard line. I mean... And Saquon Bur runs it in for a touchdown. That's the only touchdown drive you have. You did, and I think that was the first time you were on Seattle's end of the field the whole day. But um, you know, I mean, it was a typical Giant game. If you don't, if you don't have those two fumbles on the punt returns, uh, it's a different game. It's thirteen thirteen. Like that game's not over. It was it was a typical game that I expected from the Giants. And they lost in hostile territory. That that place is a Seattle's a tough place to play, man. And that team is better than everybody thought they would be. They're they're leading the NFC West. Now I think San Francisco is definitely going to have something to say about that. But that's no schlub over there in Seattle. It's so crazy. Everybody thought Seattle was going to be the worst team in the league this year. Well, they're shitting on that. They look really good. Well, they got you. They got for if you want to see a receiving core. You got Tyler Lockett, you got DK Metcalf, Kenneth Walker in the backfield. I mean, they got some fucking players, man. And I forgot their rookie. Oh, it's going to bother me. Their rookie on defense who's been balling. Oh. Damn, that's going to bother me. I don't I, I can't remember his name right now, but 
Um, that defense is playing well, and they bottled Saquon up for most of the day. So, I mean, that's the recipe against the Giants, really. Now, you still have six wins in the first eight games. I expect this team to be in the playoffs. So, coming off a of bye week, I trust Brian Dable to come up with a game plan against a Houston team that is not good and win that game at home. I, I expect that. I expect that to happen. I think it will happen. Um, I, part of me is relieved this weekend, considering there is no Giants football, that I'm not going to be a raging lunatic. So, that's good news. Um, but I will miss them. It's going to be weird. <laughs> yeah. So, you know... I'm not, you know, I can't. I'm not gonna go crazy into the loss for the Giants. It's a loss, six and two still. I mean, we might have the best division in football. There's not one team under 500. I mean, Washington's kind of coming out of nowhere, and Taylor Heineke should have been fucking starting from the jump. I don't know why he wasn't. He he's like the new Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick. Think about it. All he does is win games. Guy wins. But I'm not too concerned about the Giants right now. They didn't go out and make any moves at the trade deadline, which I'm... I mean, Giants fans, I get you wanted a receiver, but Brandon Cooks cost too much money. I'm not giving up a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, who hasn't done shit with Pittsburgh since his rookie year. Like, let's be honest. Um, The only, the only one I would have done anything for was Jerry Judy. It's the only one I would have done anything for, and the Broncos didn't want to give him up. So... What what do you want? <laughs> what do you want from these from these guys? I mean, they don't have any. The brand, like like I said, Brandon Cooks costed too much. DJ Moore costed too much. You don't have the money to pay these guys, so I don't hate them not doing anything. I don't. I mean, I think they. I think the GM, and thank God he does, because I still have a realistic view on this team too. Yeah, you have six wins. You, you, I expect this team to be in the playoffs at this point. You, if you don't make the playoffs, that is a failure because that means you would have just straight up won, won one or two games the second half of the year, which would be horrible. So I don't think that's going to happen con considering the schedule. And you got to win at least one division game. You know what I mean? If you take care of every game that's not in your division and you win one division game, You'll have 10 wins, which I think gets you in, in the NFC because the NFC is garbage. So, with that being said, 10-win season when everybody thought they were only going to win six, that's a successful year, a playoff berth. You never know what happens in the playoffs. I'm not going to sit here and they're going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to make some crazy-ass run. It's not going to happen. Don't worry. Like I, 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 Like I said, I have a realistic vision on this team, and I think the GM does too. I think they'll re-sign Saquon, and I think they'll re-sign Daniel Jones. I mean, at this point, like, like, how can you not? Considering what they've done for this team this year. But, again, that's another we'll see. You know what I mean? It's another we'll see. So, you know, got the week off this week. They come back against Houston next week. I expect them to win that game. I expect them to uh, beat Detroit the next week, although that's no gimme game, even though Detroit has been losing. Although Detroit made one of the most ridiculous trades in the history of the freaking trade deadline, I think. In my, like, It's why Detroit is Detroit, I guess. They traded away TJ Hawkinson for a second round and fourth round picks to Minnesota. Now, all right, you want to trade your... I don't understand why you trade him away to begin with because he's one of your best young players. He's only 25 years old, and you're getting rid of him. I don't understand it. And, by the way, you drafted him eighth overall, and you got the best you got was a second-round pick for him. I just don't understand it. And then, on top of all that, you trade him to someone in your division. <laughs> he's a Viking now. Vikings, by the way, are 6-1 and one, leading that division. Now, I know Detroit is not going to win that division, so but you just gave him one of the best young tight ends in the league. 
What what are you doing in Detroit? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. That was a weird thing, but um, I think you could beat Detroit. They obviously are beatable. They haven't. They've only won one game, so they do compete. Though I feel like that'd be the trap game because I think you're going to beat Houston, but off of, especially off a of bye week. If you don't beat Houston off a of bye week, I, I'll that's that's concerning to me. But um, yeah. So they're off this week. Not much going on. Just was going to recap that. Yeah, man. Wow. All right. We're at the fifty minute mark here. Um, I'm going to look at some of these games. I'm going to go through the games this week. Obviously, Philly played Houston last night. And I got to admit, I was watching the Rangers last... I'll get into the Rangers a little bit. I wasn't going to get into the Rangers, man, because they did not look good last night. Um, I mean, it was competitive for most of the game, and then the third quarter just got away from them. You know... The defense in the late game situations. Now, granted, Boston's ten and one. All right, Boston's ten and one. So uh, after last night, obviously, they're you know they're on some crazy streak where they I think they've scored four goals in all their games this year, at least four. And the final last night was five two, but the late game defense, man, it's it's been an issue. I mean, Shesterkin has bailed you out in some of these previous games here. And granted, Shesterkin's good enough to bail you out. But I feel like it's the same old song and dance with this team. No matter what year it is, it doesn't matter. It's always the defense that kind of lets you down. And I don't know why it's happening because they got great players. I mean, you you know, you got Lingering, You got Fox. You got Truba. You got Miller. You got... A whole bunch of people on this defense, Schneider, Jones, like, those are the young guys, but I don't know, man, you got a lot of talent there. I feel like I feel like there shouldn't be as many holes as there is late game. Like, you need to be there for your goalie. You got to possess, I mean, puck possession's a big deal, too. Like, obviously, like, you're not going to possess the puck the whole game, but, like, you can't get smoked. There was a point last night where I saw there was this, it was 15-2 to two in shots in the third period. You're not gonna win games doing playing like that in the third period. It's not gonna happen. Boston's really good. I'm, you know, but everybody thinks you're really good too. So, you know, that's just my. It's been the same old thing for since for a couple. I said the same thing two weeks ago. Their late game defense is just not great. And Shesterkin some nights ain't gonna bail you out all the time. He had some great saves yesterday, but you know, gave up three goals in the third. It happens. Overall, it's very early in the season, everybody. I'm not going too nuts, but like you gotta—that's the thing you gotta fix. Trade deadline, whatever you gotta do, with different scheme, whatever you gotta do, you gotta fix that because that's been the issue. Other than that, you've been good. You've been good. I have no other complaints. <laughs> and it's very early, so you're not gonna sit here. You're not gonna get me going super crazy about the Rangers season right now. Although it does bother me that the Islanders are playing extremely well. And so are the Devils. It's very weird and I don't like it. But it's very early. Again, very early. Alright, I'm going to get in some picks here. Um, I'm going to go through these games. Yeah, Philly beat Houston last night 29-17. The spread on that was 13. So if you picked Houston, lucky bastards. If you picked Philly, I'm sorry this morning. That sucks. But um, we got the Chargers at Atlanta. Chargers are three-point favorites. Um, I don't like that. I, I think I don't like that Atlanta's underdogs at home. I would, I'm, shit, I'm picking Atlanta there. Are you kidding me? Atlanta looks good, man. <laughs> they could score. And their defense p- makes plays in the right moments. You know what I mean? Atlanta looks good, and the Chargers. I just don't trust. I, I, I don't trust your coach. As far as I could throw, him. he's not great. I know it took me a second to think of the analogy there. I forgot. <laughs> but he's not great, and Herbert hasn't been outstanding so far this year either. So, I got Atlanta in that game. Um. Green Bay at Detroit. Green Bay's three-point favorites. 
I think finally Green Bay's offense will wake the hell up this week because Detroit's defense can't stop a fucking nosebleed. Um, I'm not picking this game, but I, I would I think Green Bay wins that game. Um, and, and when I say picking this game, I do this Cover Five app. I'm in the uh, I'm in the ESPN New York League, and uh, all you do is pick pick the games. Like, pick the spreads, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you pick five games. And, uh, you know, best score wins $100 every week. Or best score at the end of the year wins a large... I forgot what it was. But you win some money doing it. Um, and it's free. But as far as the picks that I'm going to, like, actually tell you to bet on, if you do do that, the ones that I do in the cover five... Um, all the ones I refer to, but I think Green Bay wins the game. Anyway, I have Atlanta though. I would definitely pick Atlanta given the three points for sure. Um, you got Miami at Chicago. Miami's four and a half point favorites. I don't know what Chicago teams you're going to get. So I would stay away from that. I think Miami wins the game, but I would just, if you're going to bet it, I'd stay away from there. Vegas is somehow... A point and a half favorite against Jacksonville at Jacksonville. And with the way Vegas is playing, mm, I like Jacksonville to win that game outright. So I'm going to pick them um, for sure. I would bet that. I think Jacksonville wins that game for sure. Point and a half. Yeah, give me that. New England against Indianapolis in New England. They're five and a half point favorites. Uh I don't know. I don't know about that game. I'll stay away from that one. I don't I don't even know who would win that game, to be honest. I mean, you got Sam Ellinger as quarterback at, in Indy. I guess New England. But I, I guess if I had to pick that game, I'd pick New England, but stay away from that. Oh, sorry, Jets fans, but I'm going to do it here. I'm picking Buffalo um, covering the 10.5. I mean, being 10.5-point favorites in – <laughs> in the whole other other team stadium that's pretty crazy um but i don't think it's going to be pretty honestly i just think buffalo is just a way better team all the way around if zach wilson shows up to play who knows but i'm picking buffalo 10 and a half um covering that number um cincinnati um, well, Carolina is going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's ten and a half point, or ten. I'm sorry, seven, seven and a half point favorites. Uh, I think Cincinnati uh, covers that number and wins that game, but I'm not picking that at all. Minnesota at Washington. Minnesota's three and a half point favorites. Uh, I don't love that game at all either. Staying away from that. Let's see. I have two picks left. Um. Seattle at Arizona. Arizona's point and a half favorite. Ooh. I think I like Seattle to win that game. I'm picking Seattle there. That's my fifth. That's my fourth pick. Got the Rams at Tampa. Tampa's um, three-point favorites. Hmm. I mean, both teams are disappointing this year, huh? Think Tom Brady gets back? Ooh, that's a good one. I think I might roll with Tampa there. Hmm. We got two more games. I'm gonna go through the next two first, just to, just to, you know, see um, if I like them. But I might roll with Tampa on that one. I'm I'm on the fence there. But you got Tennessee at Kansas City Sunday night. Kansas City is twelve and a half point favorites. I don't see Tennessee losing by that much. So I would pick Tennessee if you were gonna bet it. But I'm staying away from that spread. Um, and then Monday night, you got Baltimore at New Orleans. Baltimore's two-and-a-half-point favorites. I like Baltimore to win that game, but I'm not picking that game, which means my fifth pick is going to be Tampa covering the three points, winning by at least four. So my picks this week are Atlanta um, giving the points. They're three-point underdogs, so I got Atlanta winning that game. Jacksonville minus... Um, Plus one and a half. Uh, Buffalo minus the ten and a half. Uh, Seattle plus one and a half. And 
Kansas, oh no, sorry, Tampa minus the three. Those are my picks. And I think I'm going to end it on that, man. I appreciate y'all listening again. Shout out to the company. Shout out to all my boys who have been following me, giving me updates, all that stuff. I appreciate y'all. Make sure you set your fantasy rosters. Seven and one, six and two. Um, yeah, man. I'm feeling good now. Let's do this shit. No Giants this week. I don't have to stress about that. Let's see if the Jets can do anything against Buffalo. And let's see if the Knicks can do anything, period. All right, people. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. I'm out.